My subject today is a formula for success. Our scripture reading provides us with an easy formula for success. It's simply this, give tribute to whom tribute is due and respect to whom respect is due and give honor to whom honor is due. Of course, how you might go about doing this depends on how old you are. Some elementary school children give a wonderful tribute to moms everywhere. Their tribute shows that they really know how to appreciate their mothers. The children were asked several questions, and I'd like to share with you some of their brilliant insights. Why did God make mothers? She's the only one who knows where the scotch tape is. Mostly to clean the house. This is my favorite. To help us get out of there when we were born. <laughs> How did God make mothers? He used dirt just like he did for the rest of us. Magic plus superpowers plus a whole lot of stirring. God made my mom just the same way that God made me. Just use bigger parts. <laughs> what ingredients are mothers made of? They had to get their start from men's bones. Then they mostly used string, I think. God makes mothers out of clouds and angel hair and everything nice in the world and one dab of mean. <laughs> Why did God give you your mother and not some other mom? We're related. <laughs> God knew she likes me a lot more than some other people's moms like me. <laughs> right out of the mouth of babes, we see that most mothers are appreciated for their knowledge and their domestic abilities, for their obstetrical skills, their superpowers, their angelic qualities with a little dab of mean, and most importantly for their unconditional love. Notice that I did say most mothers because I realized that not all of us had the same nurturing experiences with our moms. Still, I would ask you to think about that one person who was there for you, the one who took on that mothering role. Perhaps it was Tia or Auntie or your stepmom or your foster mom. Perhaps it was Oma or Mima, Papa or Daddy or your school teacher or your Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was the neighbor next door or your best friend's mother. It might have been your godmother or your play mother, but somebody somewhere has taken the initiative to reach out for us and gather us and all of our emotional baggage so close to their bosom that we are able to experience 
a mother's loving touch. Above all things, a mother's love is sacred and holy. However fleeting or enduring, when we are cradled by a mother's love, even in the womb, I believe, we can feel the presence of God. Whatever is wrong is made right, and we are transformed, we are renewed, and we are healed simply through a mother's touch. In giving a tribute to mothers, I would be remiss if I did not say something about my own mother. Mommy taught me to reach for the stars, to show love by doing for others, and to always celebrate life in the company of family and friends. She's been gone 21 years, and I have never stopped missing her. But I thank God for all the wonderful mothers who have filled in the gap. I can hardly imagine how anyone of any age can feel unmothered because mothers abound everywhere and they just naturally mother anyone around them whether you want them to or not. The mothering instinct is even in little children. My four-year-old is autistic, and everyone in his daycare class is three, and those children can potty, talk, and follow instructions, but he cannot. So they call him their baby, and they look out for him, and they never even fuss with him when he snatches their snacks away. Those children remind me of something very important. There's a scripture that tells us that our God gathers her children under her wings just like a mother hen gathering her chicks. And Jahim's class just loves on him and mothers him because to them he is their little chickadee. Now I'd like to tell you about an unexpected time that a patient of mine mothered me. Miss Annie was of good German stock, very stoic and very graceful. And over the course of time in visiting her in a nursing home, I became very fond of her. She knew me by face, but she never knew my name. On one particular visit, she was fighting death again for the second time. And I really thought that this time would be the end for her. She was lying so still, her appearance caught me off guard. And I was standing at the head of the bed, and before I knew it, I just started sobbing softly, I think. But she heard me, and she opened her eyes, and she beckoned for me to come closer. And as I did so, she pulled my head down to her chest, and she began patting me on the back. There, there, she said, you'll be all right. I started laughing. I said, oh, Miss Annie, I should be comforting you. And she said, but I'm not the one crying. <laughs> and she patted me a little more. And so we both laughed. And then she recovered enough to require a third battle with death before she finally let go. God, how we thank you for the gift of mothers everywhere. As we continue on the road towards success, we recognize that it is right to give respect 
to whom respect is due. Now, some versions in the Bible say fear instead of respect. And fear is the awesome recognition that God sits high, but God reaches low. We may be on a first-name basis with God. We may even feel like we can crawl up into God's lap. Still, it's important to realize that we are not on the same level with God. We may be co-ministers with Christ, but we are not Christ's equal. Someone is always the boss, and it's a good thing for us to know when we are not the one. First Lady Laura Bush recalls an overnight visit with her husband to his parents' home. George woke up at 6 a.m. his usual time and went downstairs for coffee, Laura said. He sat down on the sofa with his parents and he put his feet up. And all of a sudden, Barbara Bush yelled, put your feet down. And George's dad replied, for goodness sake, Barbara, he's the president of the United States. Barbara said, I don't care. I don't want his feet on my table. And so the president promptly did as he was told. For as Laura Bush observed, even presidents have to listen to their mothers. And my mother would have said, if you want to stay president, you better put your feet down. <laughs> the president could have said, I'm resting comfortably. I'm going to keep my feet up, and if it's necessary, I'll just buy you another table. But he kept his priorities in order, and he recognized that a mother always outranks her son, even if he is president. To lift someone else up does not put you down. As you show respect, you are respected. If you ever want to witness true veneration of the elders, go worship with some Native Americans. I remember attending a women's church conference in New Mexico. Several tribes were well represented, and the Native women there spanned several generations. It amused me to watch the journalists trying to interview the younger women. Whenever a question was asked of them, they would always defer to any woman who was older. Even if an older woman was not present, the young woman would say, you should ask so-and-so, she'll be back in a minute. The interviewer, each interviewer, would always say, but I want a young person's opinion. And every one of those young women would say something to this effect. Why should I speak as if we do not have an elder present who has the wisdom to share with you? Ask so-and-so, and she can remember when she was young, and she'll tell you what she thought back then. Give respect as respect is due. Showing reverence or being subject to our mothers and our elders and those in authority prepares us for success. A story is told about Jesus found in the second chapter of Luke, which illustrates this point. 
Jesus was 12 years old, and he was supposed to be in the company of his mother and father. But when they looked for him, they could not find him. So they hurried back to Jerusalem, and there they found him up in the temple, standing before doctors, um, giving answers and giving uh, his recitations, and all the people were just so amazed. And so his mother looked at, at him and said, Jesus, why did you give us all this worryation? Don't you know we've been looking high and low for you for three days? And Jesus said to his mother, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Well, the story doesn't give us any more dialogue. But I can imagine that Mama Mary, if she was anything like my Mama May, pulled Jesus to the side and said something like, Jesus, don't you let your mouth get your backside in trouble. <laughs> or, Jesus, I brought you into this world, and boy, I will take you out. <laughs> or, listen, Sonny, as long as you're staying under my roof, you better do what I tell you to do. Well, we don't know what was said. But all we know is that the narrative reports that Jesus went along with his mother and father and was subject unto them. That means that Jesus allowed Mary and Joseph to be his authority, and he gave them the respect that they were due goes on to say that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with people. The final component of our formula for success is honor. A truly successful person has learned to give honor to whom honor is due. When we honor someone, we let him or her know that their advice and their counsel and their love has been our inspiration. They have, in effect, been the wind beneath our wings. A cute and rather intense little boy was in a large department store over in the lingerie section. And he was walking around and around the clothes rack, pushing the hangers back and peeping inside. And a sales clerk asked him, can I help you? The little boy said, yes, Mother's Day is coming, and I want to get my mother a present. I would like to get her a slip. So the clerk said, that's a fine choice. The clerk said, do you know, the little boy said, but I don't know how to pick a slip. So the clerk said, well, do you know what size your mother is? So the little boy looked kind of confused. So the clerk said, well, tell me this. Is she tall or short? Is she fat or skinny? And then the little boy's face started beaming because he understood what she meant. He said, my mother is just perfect. So the sales clerk said, good, and gave him a size 34 slip, wrapped it up in a box real pretty, and the proud little boy went to join his mother in the store somewhere. Two days later, perfect mother came to the store. She needed to exchange that slip for one that would fit her, and she needed a size 52. Now, can you imagine the honor that that mother felt 
when the sales clerk told her, you know, your son said that you are the perfect mom. She probably praised him and felt that she had the perfect child as well. Whatever achievements or successes we have, we bring honor to our parents. We bring them honor with the type of lives that we live. And most of all, we honor God and Christ Jesus when the successes that we seek are aligned with God's will and God's plans for us. Author and preacher Tony Campolo said that when his wife Peggy was at home full-time with their children, someone would always ask her, and what do you do, dearie? And she would respond, I am socializing. Two homo sapiens into the dominant values of the Judeo-Christian tradition in order that they might be instruments for the transformation of the social order into the kind of eschatological utopia that God willed from the beginning of creation. And then Peggy would look at the other person and say, and now what do you do? <laughs> His wife, Peggy, did not say, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. She gives honor to God by stating her understanding and her acceptance of her divine role to raise Christian children into adults who would be willing to work for God's plan for humanity. And I can envision that every time our mother, father, God hears Peggy recite her long and unwieldy job description, God would smile and say, aha, here's another parent giving me tribute. Here's another parent giving me respect. Here's another parent giving me honor because she is seeking my divine will. I want her child to have divine success. And may it be also with you and the children that you parent. Amen.